This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. My co-hosts, Mark Honf and Nam Fon, are off today, but we are going to introduce a special guest in just a minute here. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And that certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tanbella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is literature. Now, today we have a special guest, and I would say it's extra special because uh, it's during tax season and he's taking time off from his busy schedule. His name is Jeff Badu from Badu Tax Services to discuss tax tips specifically for real estate investors, which would be awesome. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit and then I'll introduce him uh, personally here. So Jeff is a parallel entrepreneur and wealth multiplier. He's a licensed CPA and the founder and CEO of Badu uh, Enterprises, LLC, which is a multinational conglomerate that owns several key companies. His marquee company is Badu Tax Services, LLC, which is a CPA firm that specializes in tax preparation, tax planning, tax representation for individuals and businesses. Another key company is Badu Investments, LLC, which is a real estate investment company that uh, acquires residential and commercial rental real estate properties in areas such as the south side of Chicago in efforts to restore traditionally underserved areas. Jeff, welcome to The Best of Investing. How are you? Doing good, Ed. How you doing? Good. Yeah, Edward Brown here. Okay. So um, I have, uh, first of all, I want to thank you very much because I know uh, that as we were talking just off the air, I used to do 200 tax returns myself. And during tax season, and did nobody bother me, you know, so mm-hmm. I really appreciate the fact uh, this show is going to air on April 1st. And I, I got to think that's just a really, really busy time. How, first of all, how, how many tax returns do you prepare? So our firm, um, we have a team of 25 people currently. Oh, wow. okay. And we um, actively, we do about 2000 tax returns a ah. year. <laughs> and in our database, we have about 3000 clients. Wow, that, you know, on and off um, types of services, essentially. That's that's aw- that's awesome. I really appreciate. It. You know, one one thing before we get into the the nuts and bolts of stuff, I, it says here, you know, you specialize in the South Side of Chicago, which you know I think most people know is is a little bit more of the rougher uh, areas of, of the country, and it kind of reminds me uh, because we're talking about the rent, the the real estate side of it during uh, the two thousand eight crisis. Uh, here in California, you know, Oakland, uh, you know, has the reputation of being, um, you know, a little bit kind of kind of a more dangerous neighborhood. And a lot of the banks wouldn't go into those areas and, and lend. And so it took alternative companies like Pacific Private Money here in California to go ahead and, and lend to real estate uh, developers, not developers, but, you know, fix and flippers and that sort of thing back then. So I'm wondering, is it sort of the same sort of thing with you guys? Um, I mean, in general, Chicago, I would say it's pretty, pretty developed. You know, it's um, a lot of 
in, in general, there, there's still a lot of um, room for growth. Mm-hmm. But overall, a lot of the neighborhoods are very well developed. Okay. Um, there are a few that are, you know, a bit distressed and need some need some work, need some renovations. Sure. But yeah, overall, Chicago, I would say, is, is definitely looking promising, and we're definitely on the up and up. You know. Yeah, we we bought. Uh, I helped a company buy a discounted mortgage in uh, Chicago, and just about. Two months ago, we sold uh, the the property. We, you know, we for, it was a gentle foreclosure, and we sold the property, and we did really well on it. So there's wow. definitely a lot of stuff there. So uh, let, let's talk about the tax aspect because I know a lot of the audience is going, "Hey, tax season! Let's see if we can get some advice here." So first of all, what is the best entity that you found to structure uh, for tax purposes? Um, I mean, the best entity type I yeah. would say would be. Um, in terms of an active, right? So for your active income, your day-to-day, your main hustle, right? Whether you're a real estate agent, attorney, contractor, you know, accountant. Mm-hmm. I usually say an LLC, limited liability company that is taxed as an S corporation. Okay. Um, that tends to be the sweet one just because you get the, the asset protection, right? They can't sue you and take what you own personally if you're doing things in a business name. Um, and then with the S corporation, it allows you to prevent the self-employment tax, right? The 15.3% FICA social security or self-employment tax, at least on your profit, anything that you don't run, you don't run through W2 payroll. Um, so you're literally able to save on a self-employment tax, which effectively comes out to about 10% of your profit. Um, so if you're making, you know, 150,000 in revenue, and you have $50,000 in expenses, that means you have $100,000 net profit. Now you're able to put an extra $10,000 in your bank account by certainly avoiding the self-employment tax, right? That you would have paid had you been a regular LLC tax as a sole proprietorship. But now by moving to that S-Corp tax structure, now you all of a sudden save on social security taxes. Right. Okay, so we're, we's- we're going to continue on with that. We got to go to a, a quick break. These uh, segments go pretty fast here. Uh, first yes, sec- first uh, trivia question here is, what book written in 1954 is about schoolboys on an uninhabited island, uh, which has characters such as Jack and Piggy? Uh, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with my special guest, Jeff Badu, who is a uh, CPA. Uh, first trivia question, what book written in 1954 is about schoolboys on an uninhabited island, if I remember correctly, I think it was because of a plane crash, which has characters such as Jack and Piggy. Any idea, Jeff? Uh, Not sure? Okay. Uh, I, no I was going to say, we had to read that when I was a kid. Uh, Lord of the Flies. Okay. I uh, want to make a quick mention here uh, for the New Living Expo, which is uh, going to be at the Marin Civic Center 
uh, check them out. Um, Lenu Living Expo. All right. Um, so we were talking uh, about having a corporation LLC, you know, taxes and S corporation. Where does it come in though, where you, you still have to kind of pay yourself a salary versus just allowing all the profits to. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so essentially as an S corporation, as a, either an LLC taxes and S corporation, or a, you know, a corporation taxed as an S corporation. One of the nuances is you do have to run a W-2 payroll, right? As the owner of the business, you have to pay yourself a salary. And usually the rule of thumb that we do is we pay ourselves 25%, up to 25% of net profit. So okay. if you made $100,000 net profit during a the year, then we usually pay a small salary of 25,000. Okay. That 25000 will be subject to the self-employment, the FICA taxes. Yeah. But now your $75,000, let us say, in profit, um, remaining profit after the payroll, no FICA, no self-employment taxes. So you just save yourself about 7500 bucks essentially. I like it. That, that's very, very good. Um, and then uh, uh, you had – and again, I'm, I'm reading from a list of questions that you, you sent me. So hopefully you're going to this. Okay, so how can I keep my books organized? How, how do you, what yeah, do you suggest? That's, a, that's another great question. Um, so I usually recommend QuickBooks. Yeah. Um, so QuickBooks online, right? You know, just get an online version where you ultimately can link all of your bank accounts into one, um, one software. Okay. Um, so your checking account, your savings account, your credit card account. And it's going to auto-populate your transactions, right? Let's say you're filing taxes for 2022. You can go back to January 1st, 2022 and pull all your transactions in the bank feed. And ultimately, all you have to do is really categorize them and say, okay, this is meals, this is travel, this is home office. Best practice, keep up with it on a monthly basis, right? So log into your QuickBooks, reconcile or, you know, just categorize the transactions. Um, and then when you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I don't have the time for this or I don't have the expertise, that's when you may want to hire a bookkeeper. Um, and we do offer bookkeeping services to our company, Badu Bookkeeping LLC. So usually when businesses hit six figures in revenue, that's when they start thinking about maybe hiring a bookkeeper. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, it's completely up to you. I would say it's a gut check, but QuickBooks Online is your best friend for sure. You know, it's funny. I, I got hooked up with QuickIn back in the nineties. And, uh, finally I had to upgrade from a floppy disk to, uh, you know, to, but, but I'm still using Quicken from either 2002 or 2012 or whatever. And I like it. I mean, it's so easy to use. I, it's so, you know, it's just perfect. Cause you just, like you said, you just get everything in categories and then figure out what you need for tax purposes and all that. Um, exactly. okay. So now let's talk about, uh, writing off, uh, on your taxes about being a real estate investor. Cause there's, there's various rules with uh, active, passive, QBID, blah, blah, blah. Go ahead. Ed- yeah, so, <laughs> absolutely. So basically um, usually in your active business, right? So there's two sides of this. There's the active business and then there's the passive business. Okay. The active business is your day-to-day, your main hustle. The passive business is real estate, right? More so rental properties. So in your active business, you want to be writing things off, right? A write-off is something that is a business expense that helps reduce your overall taxable income. So on $150,000 in income, if you have $50,000 in expenses or write-offs, then that allows you to pay taxes only on $100,000. 
instead of 150,000, right? So you're putting more money in your bank account essentially. So when we talk about write-offs, things like laptop, right? When you buy a laptop and you're using it for business purposes, that's a tax deduction. Well, car, your automobile, when you're driving to and from business locations and client sites and all that, that's a tax deduction. Your cell phone, tax deduction. Your Apple Watch, tax deduction. AirPods, and I'm using hey, yeah. <laughs> to you know listen to this spot right this podcast, talk on this podcast, tax deduction. So I, I like the fact that, okay, so like I know the IRS, their attitude is nothing's deductible unless we say specifically it is allowed and take the opposite approach. Everything's deductible except right. for what, you know, like specific food for your house. That's exactly. you, know, for you and your children. Exactly. <laughs> and then like exactly. for, for cars um, in the old days, it used to be like you, you if you're leasing a car, uh, you would write off the business portion, but then there was this thing called inclusion amount. Do they still have that? No such thing right now. So go ahead. And if you take 80% of, uh, you use 80% of your business, you just write off 80% of the lease. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. And and does that, does that count for both open and closed end leases? And for those who don't know, like, let's say where you lease a car at the end, you only owe a dollar effectively Mm. purchased it. So they consider that still a purchase, don't they? Yeah, I mean, it, it gets a little compli- more complicated with that. Sure. But in general, you know, you're going to write off the lease payments while you're leasing the car. Okay. And then ultimately, when you turn it into a purchase, then that's where you want to really strategize and determine how you're going to write off, you know, that purchase of the car. Okay, good. Well, what is the, I can't remember now, what's the, what's the Section 179 deduction now? It's it was like 250000 or something? Yeah, so cars. honestly, we're more so using bonus depreciation nowadays. Yeah. Right, which thanks to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017, afforded used cars, used items to be bonus yeah. depreciated. Yeah. Nowadays, 179 is not super common, but you know we're using the bonus depreciation where for a vehicle we can do if it's an SUV or six thousand plus. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. You know, I, this went so fast. I, I, anytime it comes to taxes, I just love it. So, okay, second trivia question: What book written in, nine, in 1851 is about a quest for a whale? Stay with us. The best of investing will be right back. You're listening to the best of investing with your host Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Jeff Badu, to talk about income taxes, everybody's favorite topic. Uh, what book, written in 1851, is about a quest for a whale? What's the name, what's the name of that book? Uh, that, that would be that would be Moby Dick. For that wow, one. Moby, Moby Dick. Yeah. All right. I want to make a mention here also for Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael. Pizza the way it ought to be. Also, the Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge. Uh, they are right on the water in Tahoe. You got to check them out at lakeshorelodge.com. Tahoe, excuse me. Take tahoelakeshorelodge.com. Uh, one other mention here is Petty Theft at the Mystic Theater in Petaluma on April 8th. Uh, it's a, a tribute band to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. All right. So, uh, Jeff, um, 
what's the biggest tax deduction in the tax code and how can I take advantage of it? Yeah, so this is where things get complicated, but get, it gets a little fun and exciting. Okay. Right. So the biggest deduction in the tax code is depreciation. Depreciation, right? Depreciation is the concept where I can take an asset such as a car or actually since we're talking real estate, I can take a real estate property and I can take um, the purchase price, subtract the land, and you can basically divide it by 27.5 years, right? Now, what would I can do if I'm what we call a real estate professional, someone who does real estate day to day, or I own a lot of properties, I can take basically up to 25% of the purchase price of the building as a deduction in year one of owning the building or utilizing it for rental purposes, right? So in the example of 150,000 in business revenue, if I got $50,000 in expenses, then that means I'm left with $100,000 in profit. Well, if I'm a real estate agent who's deemed a real estate professional, I can go out and buy a rental property. Let's say I buy for 400,000. I can claim a tax deduction of 25% of that, which is $100,000 by accelerating the depreciation through a strategy called cost segregation. And so $100,000 profit on my active business side minus $100,000 depreciation deduction on my passive business side equals zero taxes due. That's awesome. Now, do you actually have to go through the cost segregation where, you know, you divide up like uh, we, this much for, for handles on the door and stuff like that? Or, do you actually have to do that or is it just an automatic bonus depreciation of 25%? So um, according to the IRS code, you do have to go through a cost segregation study, Gotcha. you know, and we do partner with, you know, cost segregation study companies, engineers, professional engineers that go out to the property, study the property, and they'll give you this nice long report that you can attach to your tax return. And that effectively gives you the bonus depreciation on the property. And, and what kind of things qualify for that cost segregation generally? Yeah. I mean, pretty much everything that's not sort of foundational um, to the property. So doors, right. Fixtures, um, uh, cabinets, you know, even like the AC, the air conditioning that can go out every, every so often. Yeah. Um, even nowadays, certain flooring, even a roof can count, you know, so pretty much everything except for, you know, the bricks that's on the building yeah. itself and the foundation that can be counted as um, bonus or component depreciation. You know, it's funny. It's so, in the old days, it used to be just, you know, you had the land, you had the building, Mm -hmm. and it was only the furniture and fixture, you know, furniture that you could do. Without going into all those expenses of cost segregation, why don't they just go ahead and just give you roughly, you know, make a number, 25%. Or whatever, right. you know, it's just, it's too complicated to figure out, you know, yeah, we've got the 14 doors and three handles and, but there's two locks on this one. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they just drive you batty. Um, <laughs> I'm asking you to give advice as to why the IRS does this stuff or Congress. Um, what are three questions you should ask mm-hmm. a tax professional before working with them? That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, that's a very important question because, you know, this is all about building relationships and we're all about working with the right people. Yeah. So the first question I would say is, you know, what type of clients do you work with? Right. It's a very yeah. important question because you want them to be working with clients that are like yourself. So if you're a real estate investor, you probably want a real estate CPA. Right. And we're, we specialize in real estate on um, taxes. Okay. The second question is how much experience do you have 
right? How much experience do you have? And along with that is how many people on your team? It's a very important question because a lot of accounts are one man, one woman shop. Sure. And if God forbid something happens to them, well, guess what? They're done, right? It's, it's like some people are keeping their documents and all of a sudden you can't get a hold of them. And last but not least, the most important question is what is your personal tax strategy? Yeah, there you go. I like that one. Yeah. In fact, that when, you know, me, I was a one man shop uh, and sometimes I'd get questions and I say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that. I'm gonna have to look it up. You know, uh, you know, you don't charge for that, but uh, still it's, it's better to go with a firm that has uh, more people to tell you what, we're going to cut to our third trivia question here. Um, what book written in 1939 is about a family who migrates to California during the depression? They also made a movie out of this. I think Henry Fonda was in it. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins a tanning certificate, which is worth $100. Stay with us. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown along with Jeff Badu here. Third trivia question, what book written in 1939 is about a family who migrates to California during the Depression? Any idea? Not on that one either? Okay, I know. I'm not, I'm not a big literature fan. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. Last week, I think I asked baseball questions. Um, Grapes of Wrath was, the, was that one there. Wow. I, I, I know because I've got the answers here. Otherwise, I'd be kind of throwing out my hands too. All right. Um, so, Jeff, what, um, what last little bit of advice would you give us for, you know, I know that, you know, for people who are either on extension or close to it, you know, if they're self-employed, they can do a SEP IRA. Um, if they're going to do a regular IRA, don't they say regular IRAs, do they still need to do it by April? I think it's 18th this year. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. Or whatever. Because um, <laughs> 15 falls on a, uh, 15th falls on a Saturday. So they'll push it over. Um, exactly. Do you still have to do an IRA by quote April 15th or do yeah. they? Okay. That is so, correct. Yeah. You still get until the deadline. To okay, do that. okay. So that's for an IRA, but if you're going to be, if you're self-employed, you can do a SEP IRA or Keo or, you know, pension mm-hmm. plan and all that. And that you've, you can do with an extension. Um, well, besides doing that kind of uh, retirement plan, uh, any other specific advice that you can give people? I mean, I know it's after January, December 31st. <laughs> is there anything that people can do between, you know, January, like right now, between now and tax time? Yeah, it's a great, um, great question. I'll give you three, three advice, three tips. Number one, yes. Um, The IRA is is a great tool. I usually recommend the Roth IRA, the after tax, because tax rates are probably going to go up in the future. The money grows tax-free in the Roth. And then also you don't pay any money, any income taxes when you take the money out. Um, So that's one. Number two is the HSA, the health savings account, which allows you to put, you know, about 3,600, 3,700 or so every year. Um, If you're single, if you're married, you can put up to about 7,500 or so. Um, And yeah, you you get a. Can you do that after December 31st? 
Yeah, you can do. Oh, you have until April eighteenth okay. to do it. Okay, so, okay, so it's like it's like an IRA from that end of it. Okay, exactly. yeah, those are those are great. Yeah, so I mean, basically, you get a tax deduction up front. Whatever you put in, the money grows tax free. It can be invested into stocks, um, index funds, mutual funds, and then yeah. when you take the money out for retirement, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. Right. Yeah, and, so and those that's, are two. So the HSAs are supposed to be used to reimburse you for medical expenses, uh, especially exactly. if you're under 59 and a half. If you're mm-hmm. over 59 and a half, uh, and I guess what you, you would just pay, would you pay tax on the money coming out if it's not used for medical, but, there, but there's no penalty? That is exactly correct. Okay. So, so it's just like a big IRA. I mean, I, I know I funded my HSA every year for, and you know, <laughs> You always have some medical expenses that you can you can charge against it, but uh, I like true. to keep that bucket tax deferred for a very long time if I can. Exactly. Now I, you know what I got to say one quick thing about the Roth IRA, and this is just my prediction, okay? Because mm-hmm. way back in the eighties, I I predicted that they were going to tax Social Security, and everybody told me I was crazy, and I said, mm-hmm. no, they're going to tax it, okay? With the Roth. I don't think they're going to come right out and say, well, we changed our mind and we're going to start taxing. But what I think they're going to do is if if too much money, if if Roths are too big in in the Mm -hmm. country, I think what they're going to do is the IRS is going to say, just like what they did with private activity bonds for municipal bonds, you don't have to pay taxes on it, but you have to report it. And when you report it, they'll say, well, because you made too much money in your Roth, now we're going to tax your Social Security, you know, 100 percent or you're we're going to you're going to have extra taxes on something else. So that it kind of, you know, somewhat balanced out. Again, that's much my prediction. And Mm -hmm. Congress, don't be watching the show. Don't listen. Don't take my advice. I'm just saying that's my my prediction. Um, You said you have one more piece of advice for us. Yeah. So and this this uh, I usually say the last um, the best for last. Right. So number one, IRS is your partner. Um, the IRS is your partner and okay. that when you do things, when you emulate certain behaviors, such as hiring people and putting people into housing, right. They're going to reward you for that. So that to me is a partner. That's somebody that I want to work with. So the IRS shouldn't be viewed as this bad guy or, you know, uncle Sam knocking heavy at your door or anything like that. Right. It can be a friendly relationship. You know, as long as you emulate behaviors that the IRS wants you to do, and then also the tax code was created for you, not against you, right? It was oh. created for you, not against you, especially if you're a business owner and or a real estate investor. You know, you're the first one I've ever heard that from. I like that. That's, that's a good, that's a good, uh, I like that piece of advice. And if people have questions for you personally, um, I'm sure it's going to be difficult to get a hold of you during tax season, but uh, maybe they can, maybe they can't, but at least you can uh, help them during the year. If you can't help them right away, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah. So the easiest way um, is to visit our website, badutaxservices.com. That's badu, B-A-D-U, taxservices.com. Um, so that's going to be the quickest, easiest way. If you're more of a phone person, just call us 773-819-5675. That's 773-819-5675. When you call, we will pick up within 10 seconds, literally every time. Um, that's just how we're, our model is set up. Essentially. I like that. You know, you're not rerouted uh, through five different channels throughout the country. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, that's very good. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, you know, hang, hang out for a little bit. Uh, where I'm going to talk for just a little bit about Pacific Private Money and what they're doing, and then we'll have one little, no more trivia questions, but we'll have uh, 
some uh, closing comments when we come back. Uh, so uh, Pacific Private Money is still making loans uh, out there to real estate investors and also people wanting to buy personal residences. The interesting thing with all the Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank situation is I think that they're going to be even busier because personally, I think that the government is going to look at and say, you know what, we've got to put more regulations on these banks. You look what they're doing. And when that happens, whenever there's more regulations, what ends up happening is it just becomes a better situation for the private lenders of which Pacific Private Money is. So their rates have actually gone up. You know, they've, they're charging their borrowers more, but they're also paying their investors more. So for more information on them, PacificPrivateMoney.com. Uh, they have like four or five different funds right now. They just opened up a new fund called the Opportunity Fund, where it's it's a REIT. And uh, for, for those uh, people who know about taxes, uh, the REIT has the benefit of the QBID at the level of the REIT rather than the individual. So uh, good old Jeff Bezos, if he's investing in a REIT, doesn't matter what his income is, he still gets the benefit of that 20% deduction of the uh, uh, distribution. So that's a good thing. Stay with us. The best of investing will be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Jeff Badu, who uh, was kind enough to take uh, time out of his busy schedule during tax season. I mean, you can never get a hold of an accountant during tax season. So I really appreciate you coming on and helping our audience. Uh, before I forget, also uh, give out your information one more time so the audience can get a hold of you if they have any questions on real estate to tax law. Or Absolutely. Tax law. Absolutely. So, yeah, so... Um, easiest way to get to myself and my firm are um, our website, badutaxservices.com. That's badutaxservices.com, B-A-D-U-T-A-X-S-E-R-V-I-C-E-S.com. Um, and then also you can call our phone. Um, if you're more of a phone person, just call us, 773-819-5675. That's 773-819-5675. And yes, we do pick up within 10 seconds of you calling. <laughs> I like that. And you know, it's funny too, because your last name is so easy. Badu, B-A-D-U. Pretty simple. Just like, you know, when I say brown, just like the color. Nice and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, go. So it's funny. We have one fund we have, which I just happen to be one of the managers of, is called the Pacific Southwest Note Fund. And that fund, uh, right now, we're just paying a flat 8%. We buy discounted mortgages. The interesting thing there is it's very conservative because the mortgages... Uh, the loan to value is only about 44%. And the investment to value, because we're buying at a discount, is about 26%, 26 to 29%. So uh, it's a very, very conservative fund. Um, pays like clockwork every month. Uh, you can either take the distributions or reinvest it for a compounded yield of about 8.35%. Uh, $50,000 minimum. Do have, you do have to be, excuse me, an accredited investor. So that uh, definition is a million dollar net worth, exclusive of your home, or two hundred thousand if income if you're single, three hundred thousand if you're married. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The interest, the best part about it, I think, is the fact that even though there's technically a one year hold, 
we do not institute an early withdrawal penalty. So all you have to do is give us 30 days notice when you want your money back. And interestingly enough, I had a guy invest in December and then he called like about less than a month ago and he apologized. He said, I'm so sorry. I need to take my money out. I know I shouldn't do that. I said, Hey, it's your money. You know? So uh, about, it took us only about three weeks, you know, rather than the full uh, month to, to get him his money back. Uh, but you know, he's happy as a clam and he'll, he'll probably come back as a, as an investor sometime. So for more information on that, check out PacificPrivateMoney.com and look at our investment page and you can see the various funds we have. Uh, the, Freedom Fund pays anywhere from 7 to 9%, depending upon how much you invest. Makes short-term loans, um, pretty conservative. The, the way the, that they can offer the liquidity is the fact that they're doing loans, packaging them up, selling them to uh, the big boys, getting the money back, putting it back on the conveyor belt, and start it all over again. Um, and, and all of the funds do qualify for Qubit. So for those who don't know, for the non-REIT, uh, you do have to have um, income, I think the number is 315000 unless they change it, or less, uh, then 20% is tax-free of whatever uh, we pay. So if we paid you $10,000, uh, you don't have to pay taxes on 8000 If your income is way too high, then if you're in the, the REIT, uh, which is the opportunity fund, which pays as high as 10%, they're making construction loans in that. It's a brand new fund. Um, then you qualify. You don't have to worry about your income side of it. So again, for more information, go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. Last mentioned here, Mountain View Hotel and Spa in Calistoga, giving 25% off this season. Check them out. All right. uh, Ready for our thoughts for the day? George Bernard Shaw said, both optimists and pessimists contribute to society. The optimist invents the aeroplane. The pessimist, the parachute. (laughs) and uh, how excited was the gardener about spring? So excited he wet his plants. (laughs) Uh, A little bit of dad humor in there. Okay, tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM. The Answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.